fitness competitions can be very brutal with all the extra workouts that go into it, the posing needed, and all the different routines for the stage. Then there's that dreaded last couple weeks water cut. But imagine doing that after 40. Well, in this episode, I bring on Linda Mitchell, a fellow personal trainer and bikini prep coach who goes into her story of starting all these fitness competitions over 40. So if you're interested, stay tuned. How's it going? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks, the podcast where I help you being over 40 to fight the aging process without giving up your social life. I've been a personal trainer and gym owner for over 14 years, and I specialize in helping the over 40 crowd get to their goals. But enough of that. Let's get on with the episode. This is part one of two of an interview I did with Linda Mitchell from the Sisterhood of Sweat podcast. Hey, I started this journey in the day of Jane Fonda when leg warmers and Reeboks were all yeah. the rage. Gotta bring them back. Ah, yeah, that's right. And I rode every wave pretty much that came along in fitness since that time. And I have loved, ate, and breathed fitness. It's my passion. I started at a very young age. I discovered fitness. Uh, my dad used to bring home these sacks of hostess everything, cupcakes, pies, I mean, bread, Wonder Bread. And I didn't realize until I found fitness that eating and exercising was a healthy ticket. And I grew up in a pretty normal, I think, average American home. But my mom suffered from depression. She had they didn't really want to label it, but it was manic depression. And I remember the very first time I exercised, it made me feel supercharged. And I didn't realize it then, but it is nature's number one antidepressant. And I oh, knew yeah. I didn't really understand at a young age what my mom was going through, actually. Your mental health is pretty important. And yeah. so at that early age, I, I began exercising because I didn't want to end up like how my mom was that I did the whole thing. And I started teaching all the kids in the neighborhood how to exercise. And it just was this thing. I knew at an early age, the very gym I went to, the first barbell I lifted, I met this lady. She was really hip and cool and she was like in charge. And I thought, man, I think I would like to do this all day long. I would love to have a studio in Beverly Hills was my thought. Ooh, is that where it is now? In Beverly no, I, I would listen to these girls that taught out of Beverly Hills. And I just thought I would love to have a studio. I would love to do this all day long. And you get your wish sometimes. Yeah. Hey, someone may be listening. I always put that out there too. I'm moving down to San Diego if anyone's interested in someone managing all the gyms. But I really will say that it, I think fitness is very empowering. It helps build your confidence and your belief in yourself that you can do anything that you set your mind to. I know this is for men and women, but I really hadn't made it my mission to empower women but mm -hmm. i think men also need to be empowered and know what they're capable of i think being fit and having a strong mindset it goes together and then there's the nutrition piece but i just feel like you're so much more invincible if you're healthy and strong yeah yeah i think i just saw some statistic too like on social media about just mental health if you're not watching it can bite you in the butt 
feel like a little bit into the 30s, but let's just sake of argument, 40s, over 40s, how, and how much that matters with everything going through life, hormones, probably some of the bad food we're eating if we're not cleaning it up. But I saw some statistic just showing 80% of all suicides and things close to that are male. So mental health for men is just huge across the board for everybody. But like he said, number one is movement, not necessarily weight training, but just movement and how much that matters. We saw it all through COVID. And then number two would be sunshine. I think movement matters more than sunshine even. But I think move outside, like go outside and, and move. And then yeah. you got the best of Double both dip. worlds. But it is very important. If you're having a bad day, get out there and move. And I haven't met much that a good workout won't cure. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that when you're having the blues, it goes a long way. When you've had a rough day, it goes a long way to helping you feel better. Yeah, I agree. Well, what about you were going through your fitness journey and you know, super into seven days a week or whatnot? I know you started doing competition stuff. What kind of got you into that realm? So I pretty much worked almost every job, I would say, in fitness on a long way. But getting into competing happened when I was at this gym. I was coordinating aerobics, personal training, and doing probably a little sales. And this gal came to me and she wanted me first to train her to be an instructor, which I did that for like 25 years, training people how to be instructors or personal trainers. But she was so young, but she wasn't as young as she looked. She looked to be about, and she was actually in college age. Like, I think she had just graduated college. Yeah. So I got her teaching first and decided I would enter her in a metrics contest. So I was documenting everything. And this thing called Miss Fitness USA came up and I was like, okay, why not? You'll be my first competitor to train. So she placed 14th in the world, eighth at USA. And that was the start. I was like, oh, wow. Look what I did my very first time with my first person. <laughs> You're like, I want to do that. <laughs> I'm coaching. And well, she got a little derailed with the diet and turned into somebody I didn't recognize for a little bit there. I thought maybe I need to really go in depth and do this so I can coach people better and understand all the ins and outs. And then I never stopped. <laughs> I just got the bug, began doing it, and I did it for, gosh, Well, I just did it again this year. So we'll say 18 years of fitness competitions. Yeah. Through my last 14 years of being in the business, probably like once every other year, someone would come in requesting that kind of prep. And I I was honest, like, I don't have any experience. I'll get you as far as I can. I've met a lot of people in the industry, so I knew who to refer to that did that kind of stuff. And we'd get there as close as we can because, you know, we were a little bit cheaper than the prep people because they would do one-on-one private and, you know, got them as good as we could. I just never had any desire to do it for myself. I'd never educated myself and always wondered like, what are the most common things that you see the people Mm -hmm. do wrong that are trying to do it on their own? That's why you hire a professional. Their diet, number one, they don't know how to dial it in and they don't Mm -hmm. understand when to do what. I mean, it's really a science dialing that body in for the stage. And some people I have to hold back because they'll overdo it. You can't give them their full plan. You have to trickle it out. And other people need to actually diet longer 
steady and slow for them. It just depends on the person, the body type, the mindset. There's so many things, but as a good coach, you you monitor everything besides body fat as you're going along because it really is a lot more than nobody's ever going to get up on stage and pinch your body fat. Yeah. So it's a lot more than just the amount of body fat you have when you step on the stage. It's the confidence. And for women, we have to do the walk. You have to understand if you're in one organization, it's a lot different from another. So you have to understand the organizations as a coach so that you could say, oh, gosh, yeah, you're a bikini competitor. And I see you in this organization versus this one because not everybody drug tests. And if they don't drug test, you know what that means. And so you have to be able to steer your clients so they can succeed. Yeah. Let's let's see them getting trained in my gym all the time. And slow and steady seems to be the thing. Diet, like you said. And then posing is a huge thing. Posing is huge. and And it seems like not just to have the perfect form and to put on a show, but also to like build on smaller muscles that you normally wouldn't get. And it looked like a full workout, not just practicing the form, but actually doing posing for a workout to get other muscles to pop out once you got down to that low body fat levels. I would say for both, depends on what you're doing, but Mm -hmm. for guys especially. And then for ladies, if you're doing bodybuilding, of course, it would be like a major workout. But if you're doing like figure, your posing could be a workout, but it won't be as excruciating as if you were trying to completely do a bodybuilding show Mm -hmm. because usually you're not out there. I mean, it depends on the organization there again, but in our organization that I've competed in the most, we're not out there that long, is it? But in this Fitness USA, oh my gosh. That was next level. (laughs) That prepared me for anything. We, We would have to stand like at attention and not bad enough or move or whatever. <laughs> I think they like to torture us. You had to stand in that lineup sometimes a couple hours. And I, I know some of us would be swaying in those heels. And, oh, man. And then they pull you out and then they compare you, though they say it's not, com- it, it's comparison round, but they say they're not comparing you. Yeah. Um, but they are somewhat. But I think it really is based on like your body type. Do you have the best body for your body type? Do you have symmetry? It's so subjective, though, and that's why the mental aspect is so important, because if you're a judge and you like lean. Yeah, over uh, bulk or something, yeah. Or you like bulk, that's a big difference. Or you like tall or you like short, you know what I mean? It could just be so subjective. So it's not an exact sport like doing a timed obstacle course. Yeah. But then I noticed too, when someone was doing the last two weeks, that's the time where you left them the hell alone, especially the girls, because that's when they start doing the stripping the water away and they're down to like however many ounces you're allowed to have down to a couple sips the last few days and you do not talk to them. That's what oh I've learned over the years. Okay. So I think I really dialed in many times. Yeah. But I did learn to be on the healthy side versus the extreme side. And I will say I was standing at a show. The one girl turned to the other. I've only had two sips of water today. And she's like, I have only had one. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they won their categories. Because I've always done fitness, I can't just have one sip. I do a fitness routine. 
that's actually dangerous. You don't want to do a fitness routine uh, without water. I think really when you're doing a fitness routine, if you want to have a good performance, you also need to have some carbs. Well, that's why they have all these different styles of big building shows too. I think the guys have the natural with board shorts type thing where it's more of the, the beach body look where you didn't have to go to that extreme, but definitely on the male side, it's they want to see the HGH bodybuilders, the monsters on stage. They're the ones who make all the money too, but not the healthiest I, lifestyle, but so cool to see. I think it probably depends on the person, but I will say I have been at a few different organizations where I was like, Toto is not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I really thought, oh my gosh, is everybody on the juice or what? That's something I never did, never will. Because yeah. I'm, like, I'm 60. I want to be healthy and pretty much drug-free. I do supplements, yes, all natural supplements, and I really pay attention, but I'm not on stimulants. I rarely ever drink coffee, though I will in May, but rarely ever yeah, when I've been I'm, off of it. I'm not as good as you, but I am close. I try to do everything natural, only the minimal amount of supplements, and I at least wean myself down to one coffee a day, and it's enough to build up my natural energy and everything. So my goal is longevity. I'm trying to break the 100 age barrier. I don't care you know, too much about aesthetics. If you'd like a little bit of help checking out your diet and your current routine, I'd be happy to help. I always do a free 15-minute Zoom consultation for anyone, no strings attached, just to see if I can help point you in the right direction. So if you're interested, check out the show notes. The link is at the top. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, everyone. And I just wanted to say that if if anything from this episode resonated with you and you it makes you think of somebody please share and help someone out you know i do a lot of variety of topics and not everything i say works for everyone but there is going to be that one episode that makes you think of somebody that could help so i really appreciate it and just off of looking back the last three years of all the episodes i've done i think three really stand out that i think could help a lot of people and that's uh, episode 71 with Dr. Amy, where we go into diaphragmatic breathing and how that can really help with your pain levels and did for me. Episode 195, I had Tim Kelly on and we really dove deep into microminerals and how important that is and how horrible the American diet is. And the third being uh, episode 292, a more recent one, where I talk about the three tips I would do to help out your lower back. And one of those is just a simple YouTube video that my chiropractor gave me that just took me to the next step of lowering my pain, giving me more range of motion. And I just want to put that out there to check those out if you're having any of these issues. And like I said, thanks for listening.